0: Hey, how are ya? We're the Hold Steady is for Women, and in this episode we talk about the brand new Hold Steady album, The Price of Progress, which is out now for your listening pleasure. Digressions include extremely specific podcast merch ideas, Rebecca Black, and the Kansas City Airport. We don't like it. Uh, Also, for some reason, someone's mic signal got funky towards the end, and it sounds like there's a random dude joining us in our farewell. I don't really know what to say about that, uh, just doing our best over here. Anyway, enjoy. Thanks for listening. hey guys
1: hello
0: hello hello um how is everyone doing you know i went outside for two seconds and lifted some things
1: and now i'm exhausted that sounds like I uh, the end of summer or end of summer <laughs> end of winter <laughs> conditioning well, well that too because i'm always
0: like sun drunk on sundays i can't wait for that again i know me too
2: Same. I just had two weeks off for a spring break
0: and now I don't want to go back. I like have come to really rely on your Princess Diana walk posts and your Soup Sunday posts.
2: Soup Sunday will be around regardless, but Princess Diana walks are harder
0: to do daily when I am working, but it is my goal. And uh, for the audience to do a Princess Diana walk, you just uh, feel like Princess Diana and wear a cool sweater or something, right?
2: Yeah, you wear an oversized sweatshirt, bike shorts when the weather is permitting, much like Princess Diana did on her walks in the 90s. And really just kind of feel your feelings and take a long walk. But I don't want to feel my feelings. You don't have to. You can disassociate through your Princess Diana <laughs> okay. walk, too, if you'd okay.
0: like. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like she did a fair amount of that as well. <laughs> yeah that's th- a good point i think
2: that she did i i mean admittedly mostly i call it my princess Diana walk because of the outfit
0: yeah
2: uh but it is kind of a whole spirit that you embody too yeah why, in, in my opinion
0: my son is joining the the whole study is for women and riley because he's very old that's okay yeah it's okay bud you're a woman right now that's all right um the whole study gender is- fluid. yeah exactly exactly But hopefully he doesn't talk. You're not allowed to talk. So the record. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I I think what brings us together once again is discussing the new Hold Steady record that we're all really excited about.
0: Yeah, for real. It's true. It is great. I mean, I say every single time, unable to be objective about literally anything they do. I really enjoy the time. That I get to spend like getting to know a new Hold Steady album. It's like a whole experience and I can't force it, if that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, no, it's been really uh it's been really fun and rewarding letting this record simmer. Uh Price of Progress is out when this podcast will be released. I believe it's it is, the 31st. We uh, can call it today. Yes, March 31st. Which so, we this may or may uh, not come
0: out before that. We'll see.
1: Yeah. Um it's a great record. Yeah. It is a great record. Yeah. I think the sequencing on it is really good. Is really interesting. Um the last song I love as the last song, but the second to last song doesn't exactly feel like a second to last song, which I guess we'll get into as we, you know, talk about the record, but
2: yeah, I think the general idea today is that we're going to go track by track, but uh do we want to start with some general first impressions. When you first, when you sat down and listened to this album for the first time, what are some of the initial thoughts that you had?
0: Okay, I'll Desi go first. <laughs> I pointed at Desi and she was like, no. <laughs> Again, I struggle to be objective in any way, but I really think it's just such a special experience to follow and know a band and kind of grow up with them and every time I mean we've talked about economic anxiety showing up uh more and more often as they keep making records and boy oh boy is it here I mean literally the title
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um yeah and I don't think they're you know I don't think Craig's necessarily talking about capitalism as a whole but more as like a performer yeah I I I feel like every time I listen to a new record of theirs, I can feel how much they've grown up since the last time they made one. And it's always sort of a reference point for mine. Like I literally at this point will like, there's like the open door policy period of my life, you know, and uh, thrashing through the passion. I can think of where I was and what I was doing when that record came out. And I don't think there's any other band or set of records except maybe like the beastie boys where that applies so i love it
1: i think i have that with a couple of uh a couple of records but they're not like contemporary records you know it's like when i went through my beach boys smile area era which you know i don't think we can look at the year that it came out and i can talk about it but i can talk about the year that i got into it um
0: yeah, that's more of what i mean like where i was emotionally
2: yeah, yeah i think it's special to have a favorite band who is releasing music um like continuously and and still your favorite band and so you're growing like heidi said with the band you know yeah but like ts Eliot said measuring out your life in coffee spoons and i guess i'm just measuring out my life in hold steady records Open Door Policy more and more has become my favorite Hold Steady album, which might be a controversial choice to the uh, old school fans. It's controversial to me. I can't believe that you're. you're uh... <laughs> Teeth Dreams has always been my emotional okay. favorite. Okay. But like stylistically, I've always put, like, and like musically, I've always put Separation Sunday at the top. And I guess I still would, but I feel like Open Door Policy has like a re listening quality that has really grown on me over the last two years since its release. Um, but I really enjoy The Price of Progress. I think that Craig is doing a lot of things interesting lyrically. I think the other band members are doing a lot of things interesting musically. Um, and with each record that they release as this new six piece, you see um, how they are growing too with the, with the Hold Steady records.
1: Yeah, how the um how the two sometimes three guitars kind of like play off each other and allow for focus on different parts musically is really cool, which is also something that I never really thought that I would think about, but on this record especially um hold on let me check my notes uh, especially on like distortions Checked notes and, excuse me distortions of faith um has some really cool guitar stuff going on that. I probably wouldn't even have noticed in on a record like Teeth Dreams or Heaven is Whatever or something. Yeah.
2: And that's uh, probably just as much of, of you growing as a music listener as well as it is them growing as musicians. That's true. But it is so fun to see that, you know, nine albums in, they're still trying out new things and
1: taking risks and, and seem even more confident doing that now than they would have four albums ago. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, the the stereotype is like, oh, the this band is changing. I don't like them anymore. But, like, the whole study changes musically, but I don't get that feeling from them. And I, I don't get that feeling from them, but I also don't get that feeling very much from the listeners. And maybe that's because, you know, we're mostly, like, older anyway. And then as the band changes, our lives are changing uh, similarly. But that's something I, th- I thought about a lot with this record specifically. It doesn't sound too far outside, you know, what we would expect from them, especially after Open Door Policy. But I can see in other like, quote unquote, fandoms or uh, whatever, other, other groups of music listeners might look at their favorite band and be like, oh, I hate this. It's different. But like when they come out with something different, I get excited and I still love it. So
0: yeah, and it doesn't you don't hear like, management says that we need to have more synths, you know, like there, I mean, I think about it more with movies, but like, I think at this point I probably treat movies more like I used to treat music where I really dive in and read about them a lot. But a lot of times if a movie has something kind of weird and out of place in it, you're like, that was the studio being like, you need a B plot romance here. And like, I'm sure that still happens with bands and records all the time, but they're in a place where they're just above it. And we'll never have to worry about that ever again, which is really cool. Yeah, Kirk and Tad were actually
2: talking about that on the Brian Koppelman podcast. Um, if anyone else listens to that, it was really interesting. Um, and they they dove into a lot of stuff, but they talked about like the pressure to make, um, still even now that they sometimes feel to make like a radio ready single, um, even though they might be beyond that in their career, but they, they still sometimes feel
0: that pressure from whoever the powers may be. I mean, like Greta Van Fleet, that terrible like Led Zeppelin ripoff band, were literally created to game the Spotify algorithm, and that's dark. I've probably talked about that here before, but it just freaks me out. <laughs> um, and th- that's just—it's just a completely different universe from the world that they're that they're in creatively, and like what what's being asked of them, you know.
1: I do think that um, that's we hope. part of. Yes. Uh part of the benefit of being a more established band, too, because they know they have a fan base that will essentially follow them anywhere, whether that's traveling to see them play or going on a quote unquote musical journey. I think that that's also something that they don't feel the pressure of just because of where they are in their careers musically at this point.
2: Yeah, I think that's such a good point. The privilege of having a built-in fan base who is going to be with you and buy year shit regardless whether that's going to you know a four-day uh trip to new york city every year or if it's buying whatever album you put out and i mean i think we're talking about a very specific sector of hold steady fans there are a lot of people i've heard from them say like oh no i haven't listened to anything since stay positive they're still releasing music you mm-hmm. know um and i'm always like aghast at that but then i understand i'm not a normal hold steady fan right they are missing out though because the the stuff that they put out in the last couple of years is some of the best stuff that they've ever put out
1: that's true
0: yeah and so many more like group backing vocals we get more every record and i love it so much
2: yeah i think it's a mistake for every like i know i've talked ad nauseum about how i i really dislike the this um, idea of trying to put everything into like the Holly and, you know, Gideon's story arcs with every album. I think it's a mistake to compare everything to what came before it. And you can figure out how something fits into the catalog of what the band puts out without needing it to fit into a specific cookie cutter or story arc idea. It's what, not to shit talk other fan things, but that lyric site that goes through all the lyrics and really wildly, in my opinion, misattributes what the songs mean and like way off base
1: a lot of times i appreciate the work i just don't agree yeah it it definitely comes from uh i think a male perspective more than anything so
0: when the record's out we can do another uh track by track discussion of the genius lyrics and how we don't
1: agree um we don't have. Yeah,
2: not everything's about holly man It's just not like how many times does Craig need to say that every single as soon as
1: he said Denver on this record, I went, oh, God,
2: (laughs) when he said so many times that he picks city names because he likes the way that they sound. He like he's obsessed with alliteration. He just like and if you listen to the full lyric, like your brother is in Boston and he's acting like a dick. He chose Boston because it goes with brother and because he used to live in Boston. Like it's not part of a larger
1: like QAnon hold steady the whole study universe oh it's exhausting yeah just let her be man <laughs> uh i re- but on, that note, on that oh, note, go ahead
0: i was just gonna say i regret to inform that somebody's already picked apart sideways skull i'm just looking at it but i'll all right i'll save it for when we talk about the track but i did just learn something so i might have to eat my words a little bit so anyway
2: i'll never eat my words i already had a snack before we started recording well i'm already
0: full (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get into it
2: all right let's start off uh first track grand junction it's a great opener what did we what did we think the first
1: time we heard it and as we've heard it since uh full disclosure i've only listened to the record once so these are all my immediate like thoughts that i jotted down but i i that the same thing it's a great opener it sets the tone musically and I think lyrically for the price of progress
0: I really like that it starts and you're just like okay it's just like a guitar riff or whatever and then like since surprise it just is like a really it was a really surprising way to begin the record uh, you can almost hear them being like uh yeah you like it
2: yeah I like how lyrically thematically they're talking about like driving out to the West, right, where the sky looks so much bigger, and just being amazed by that, and that is echoed in the like hugeness and expansiveness of the song, and that's one of the things that stood out to me is that the song just sounds big, mm-hmm. like it, all of the different sounds that are interplaying with each other, and the final result it's you know it's large, and um it fits really well to open up the scope of the story that's being told throughout the
0: whole album i love the line about the ring on her finger that's not mine hmm craig it seems
2: does like to write about jewelry
0: and like kind of fly in the ointment situations like this is like this is so beautiful and we're driving and like it might storm also <laughs> minor detail <laughs> she's married Beep. to not me right um you know it just wouldn't be really wouldn't be a whole study song I... if there wasn't something sketchy going on you know
2: Yeah, much like uh, on an open door policy.
0: Mm. That's Um, true. Mm
2: -hmm. Similar, similar themes. That doesn't mean it's the same character.
0: Are you sure? Just gonna. Are you sure? I'm not sure because I'm not Craig, but I. In my mind. I mean, I don't know if I've said this before, but I don't think Holly's still with us, to be real. You know, like. Yeah, that's a hard way to live.
2: And also, I just, I mean, how boring is it to still be writing about the same characters and people like this many albums in
0: that gives our creators more credit than that?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, A bunch of times on this record it happens, but like I always really just appreciate little vignettes that Craig gives us because, you know, as a person who has not lived their life perfectly, um, in many ways, I always feel kind of seen. Like it always it always is kind of comforting for me, if that makes sense. To, yeah, to I always
2: know. go back to S-E-E-N that. or... What? Go ahead. I was gonna do, I was gonna say S-E-E-N or S-C-E-N-E.
1: Both. <laughs> I always go back to that interview that he did like probably 20 years ago about like, you can tell a lot about a person by their reaction to certain lines like she wiped at her nose and and she winked like same same energy like yeah i feel very seen in in that way with a lot of if you know uh, you know yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely diving right into
2: track number two which was the first single from the album sideways skull um it is interesting sequencing i don't know that i would have put this as the second track on the album and admittedly i didn't love this song when it came out as the single initially um i thought it felt kind of like it was three different songs Mm -hmm. put together um and a little bit like thrashing era um but as i've i'm the opposite of desi i have listened to this album so many times now that i already know all the lyrics to carlos is crying um but But i'm mentally ill (laughs) so um it's grown on me, is is what I was gonna say. Uh, listening to
1: it within the scope of the album, yeah, the context I think helps it a lot because I was I was like you, like I didn't love it when it first came out, um, and then when they played it in New York, I liked it more. You know, obviously hearing it live, it's always uh, different than hearing the studio version. But the more time I've spent with it, especially hearing it in the context, even though it's only been once, uh, I think it fits it fits in well, and uh, I get it more now. Yes, I think that's what it came down for me
2: as
0: I understand it more now on the album. Heidi, what were your thoughts? This is where I I now need to eat crow a little bit when it comes to genius. But there's a line where it says that I didn't even look. I didn't look so much like Robert Plant. They're referring to a really specific photo of Robert Plant, which I did not know. Yeah, until I looked at this. Craig shared
2: it on his stories when the
0: track was released on single. I did a bad job following that. So showing my ass there uh but yeah and i'm looking at the photo right now and i jesus i love robert plant he was so extra so great it just made it me and it makes me think of like they showed the song remains the same at nighthawk as part of the series i go to called the deuce where they only show movies that premiered in times square so it's a really interesting collection of movies and the two guys that presented are total nerds but like i brought sarah grant Our friend, Sarah, who has done Q and A's with the whole study writes for spin because she was the only person I knew that would come with me to see the song remains the same, which is literally they gave Led Zeppelin so much money and were like, make a concert film. It's so, it's so indulgent. It's so ridiculous. You really have to love Led Zeppelin to like it. But I love that stuff. I love when it's like Marlon Brando, when he was allowed to make his own movie, it's ridiculous. But if it's someone I love, I'm on board. Like I'll appreciate everything about it. So I will now listen to this song a little bit differently, I think.
2: Yeah, I think it's funny that the narrator is saying that it didn't work, it didn't make him look like I mean the whole this the whole song is about like not living up to to the band, you know, the
1: image that you have in your mind as this rock and roller. Um
2: and not only living up
1: to the idea of a band, but also like literally the band. Right. <laughs> exactly. Got my yep. deepest, not deepest
2: secret, but I um will be forthright and say that I never got into love.com. Um,
1: I don't think that's so, a an unpopular take uh, yeah among yeah. women, especially it, mm-hmm.
2: I think I'm, uh, yeah. yeah, it is among the people I Hang out with record. Yeah, same. Referring back to that Brian Koppelman podcast, uh, Tad brought Craig this song and didn't think that he'd be into it because it's a lot heavier uh, than I guess what they've been favoring for the band lately. Um, and Craig surprised him by being like, no, I, I really love it. Let's let's do something with it. There's a couple times on this album that the song changes tempo really quickly in a way that surprised me. Um, and keys. You know, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Talk about it more as we get as we get there, but Bird Watchers would be another example. Mm-hmm. For me, it sounds like a very different song starting than it, than it ends up. And that's how I felt about Sideways Fall. I, I like it, it's still my least favorite track on the album, I think, but it has grown on me overall.
0: I'll just say about Led Zeppelin, it's weird to me sometimes that they're like one of my, they are one of my favorite bands of all time, like top 10 easily, but they were also super formative for me and it was because my uncle lent me the box set, I probably said that on here before, when I was like, I wanna say 14, And I listened to it over and over and over and over and well, you know, things imprint on you. I always just think it's so funny that Led Zeppelin are so claimed by very macho men because it's like Robert Plant was ridiculous. He was so flamboyant. He was such a show pony. Like he was so unapologetically flamboyant. And I mean that not in any sort of like sexual orientation way. I mean, just in the way that he expressed himself, totally shameless. Um, and so it's just I think always that just might funny.
1: be, I think that might be part of why the stereotypical like macho man is drawn to Led Zeppelin. Like they might see him behaving in a way that they feel like they can't. So maybe it's yeah. like some kind of catharsis or something.
0: Yeah. Let's, uh, I mean, they can unpack that. I'm not going to help them with it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> go to therapy. This is actually
2: really, it's a really good segue into our third track, which is, I think, one of the most interesting songs that the whole study's done, uh, in a while carlos is crying speaking of alliteration <laughs> why the hell do you think he chose the name carlos
0: <laughs>
2: No special significance <laughs> holly
1: was a hoodwrap carlos is crying i really like this song what are your guys thoughts i really like this song too but this is the one that mentions denver where i was like oh no but i really like when he talks about things being different for boys and the line "Failure's a trick that we learn pretty quick i was like oh yes give me more more of this more failure it's a lot uh jauntier
2: of a song than it was the first time i heard it when they played it at um last year um last year's massive nights at a i, think, I don't think it was out a show i think it was at a Q&A. um but it was a lot darker when i heard it uh that iteration of it and so i was surprised when i listened to the album about how bouncy and like danceable it was yeah, Especially
1: in contrast to the, the lyrics.
0: Yeah. It's one of the more self-aware songs I've heard, at least lyrically. I can't remember the last time Craig has spoken in like the first person to a a subject of the song. Well, it's not that he hasn't spoken to them and but he's saying something really direct to this person. Usually there's, you know, metaphors or or a place, you know, some kind of location standing in for other feelings or or thoughts and to just say like i love you i'm sorry like i'm here for you like you know i think the older i get the easier it is to just cut through the shit and be like hey you know like this isn't like please don't try to be cool about any of this you don't need to be cool time's getting shorter like if you need to talk about something let's talk about i also watched raging bull last night which is just like a movie about men not being able to feel their feelings and it being really inconvenient for everyone else around them so i've just been thinking about that a lot
1: once just again I'm, I'm asking you all to go to therapy oh my god pylos
2: for the love of god you know it's it's actually interesting because the narrator Saying I don't because it's not Craig, right? It's a story that he's weaved in about these guys that got into dealing drugs and you know they're trying to deal with that. And the follow Carlos is upset about his sister doing whatever. Um, you know, turn off the stove, the butter is burning, they're obviously doing something on the stove. The way I heard it as like, um, I love you. I'm sorry you're hurting is like is these guys are all sitting around at the table and they don't know what to do with this outpour of emotion from Carlos. And so it's not that the I love you, I know that you're, um, I know that you're hurting, I'm sorry, isn't sincere. It's more of just like, I don't really know what else to say. I don't know what to do. Moment. Yeah, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this. You know, I know we're all wasted. We've been drinking, but like, it's different right. with guys. You can't just cry. Right. And I don't know what to do with these feelings. Um, but that being said, I think, you know, this song's going to be very fun live um, at Massive Nights next year because our our man loves to shout into the audience that's Mm -hmm. true
1: i think the audience should have seen that whole part yeah Yeah, for sure
0: yeah i mean again i i like literally just watched this movie so it's on my mind but there's so many turning points in that movie where his brother could have just been like dude what the fuck like stop just stop it like you need we need to stop i need to you need to get divorced like just there's so many times where he could have just stopped him in, at the crossroads and stopped him from spiraling by just being real and 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 saying how they really felt and not co-signing his bullshit and this song feels like a really important point in their friendship whoever this is um where they could just be like hey man no it's okay you know like we all fuck up you know just like sort of enabling and co-signing and and instead he's like nah this is bad and i don't really know how to comfort you but I'll, I'll I'll try it. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's an interesting exploration um <clears throat> and discussion about masculinity and, and the different ways that masculinity is performed and friendship among men, right? And what and how uh emotions allowed to be able to express uh, to be able to be expressed um with your bros and your dudes. I'm not sure that I get the sense that the narrator is trying to tell Carlos to cut the shit as much as he's just uncomfortable
0: with what he's doing yeah I don't I don't think he's he's there yet you know I don't I don't think he's there yet but I think because of the the context of the situation where normally they'd probably just kind of gloss over whatever's going on and be like uh you know like awkward you know uh just acknowledging that something's fucked up is a big step
1: and I, I I, got the sense where, Heidi, you were talking about, like, people in that movie, like, seeing, and I haven't seen the movie, so not a movie girl, but um, talking about all of the different poise, points where somebody could have said, like, get your shit together. I got the sense that the group in this song all kind of had that moment, like, together at the same time where they realized, like, oh, like we're all in the shit and we all need to start dealing with it and figure out what's before things get worse
2: yeah it's a it's a song about like things escalating right and um like so many hold steady songs are like a a series of escalations and then often uh not in earlier songs but now we see it more so where someone gets uncomfortable at that escalation and says like okay we should probably take a step back and so watching that that kind of
0: shift in Mm -hmm. in characters is interesting yeah um, Raging Bull is just one long car crash. It's a slow motion car crash in a movie. It's it's really it's a painful watch, but it's it's really good. Anyway. The next song is, I think, my either my favorite or second favorite under studies.
1: It's the B side of the Slapped great actress, right? It's, well, mm-hmm. not the B side, but like the, sure. other, the other side of it. Yeah. Big slapped actress vibes. Um, interesting choice for the third album single. Mm. it feels yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like out of place to me on the record but and i know that we keep talking about like holly's done you know whatever but like this this song does kind of feel like it fits better in a different album timeline i love this song but it's the one on here that like i don't know maybe i'm having trouble separating it from uh slapped actress um, which makes sense. I think
0: the whole song feels like somebody holding their breath and just being like poised for something. There's a lot of anticipation in it. And there's that line, but when a star is born, the habit begins forming. So it's like you made it, but you know, which again is, is like just the thing I love about their songs is like, yeah, everyone's really happy. Uh, don't worry about this other thing. Um. <laughs> and i also thought about because when we when we talked to Franz, um he talked about like the high when you come off stage and how you just like cannot and and also while teaching like you said kaylee anytime you're performing in front of anyone in any way it can be really hard to turn it off and like a less self-aware person probably wouldn't recognize that and and immediately recognize any sort of coping mechanisms they're using that are maybe not super healthy until it's too late
2: yeah it's uh it's funny that i guess the the line that's repeated throughout the song is 4 a.m is the nighttime or in the morning i uh, was inspired by their friend who always takes a picture of the clock when it's four in the morning and like posts about like is this the nighttime or of the morning but craig didn't realize that until after the song was already done and so it was like belatedly given credit to their their friend uh, touchdown tommy i want to say is what the uh, the posts have been saying, it's really interesting to me. And this is also slapped actress vibes, right? When Craig, whether as the narrator or the speaker, is talking about music as and performance as not just like the mysticism of it, but also as like, this is my job. This is me going to work, right? And I love it when that curtain is pulled back a little bit and it's kind of like a a breaking
1: of the fourth wall, Mm in my opinion. I like that, too.
0: Yeah. I I like like that, too, especially
1: because Craig spends so much time talking talking about other people and other characters. And I know a lot of those are, like, analogs for other situations, but this one felt, like, a little bit, like you said, Kaylee, like, pulling back the curtain, like...
2: Yeah, I mean, I think he's still hiding a little, not
1: hiding, but
2: he's still weaving a narrative mm-hmm. in this song, right? Yeah, about the, like, yeah. the bakery and the business and all of these, you know, seedy characters. But you do, um, which I think has been how he's been operating as a writer for the last decade. You see glimpses
1: of him in parts of the song mm-hmm. and, and and of the scene. One thing that really stood out to me on this record is the, the amount of uh, like analogs to other things. Like we were talking about, I don't remember what song it was. But, and I'm sure we'll have this conversation when we get to it. But talking about like she got the pills from the doctor, like the doctor doesn't necessarily mean that it's a real doctor, you know. Um, so that's something that kept sticking out to me too. Like the baker, what kind of baker? What is the baker? Right. Mm-hmm. Is it Carlos's butter involved? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I got I got a lot of uh, a lot of strong analog vibes. Uh, from a lot of the lyrics on this record, and maybe I'm projecting, but well, we'll I talk don't know. about the doctor no, dance... thing in the next one.
2: <laughs> yeah, dance is mentioned a few times too, dancing and dancers, and putting your dance shoes on, which is not a new thing for Craig to talk about. And we've all seen his dance moves, ten out of ten. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> the jitterbug, etc. <laughs> but what's I think interesting about using the idea of a dance is that like it's the word that can mean many different things me a literal dance it can be a
0: figurative dance so sixers is our next track
2: probably one of my favorite songs on the album yeah Yeah, it's so good immediately loved it when it came out um as a single i just really i mean when craig has a has a she in the song we're um, here for it right he's got my number but I really, I love, I love Sixers. I love a lot about it. I love it instrumentally. um I think lyrically it's really interesting. Craig's inspiration behind it is also really interesting that he, uh, during the pandemic when his partner was working in the hospital, still he moved out and was living in this like temporary housing situation. And so he imagined like all the young professionals getting to know each other in different ways. And that is where the idea of this song came from. What do you guys think of Sixers? I love it.
0: Yeah, I, I always and I always love a, a double meaning, you know, because 76ers is, you know, really basketball. But um, yeah, no, I lo- I mean, I think they give her such a dig- the uh, protagonist they give her such a dignity in this song because it's like objectively you can tell things are not going great for her. But the way that she's portrayed is never really shaming. It's kind of like, yeah, she's nice to everybody. She's definitely got a pill problem. She's definitely like not forming relationships. And I mean, let's be real. I relate, (laughs) you know, I don't have a pill problem. (laughs) Uh, I don't have any substance abuse of any kind in my life these days, but like the way that you can kind of tell she feels a little left behind and I, I don't feel left behind. Like I'm not interested in a lot of what people my age are doing, but like I think I like that she's portrayed as somebody who's kind of doing her own thing and she's not always super happy about it, but that's okay. Like, we're not mm-hmm. going to hate her. We're not going to hate on it. Just her life. And she's being nice to people. No.
2: Yeah, no hate. I, I do think that there is, there's a sadness about definitely.
0: It, though. Yeah. De- oh yeah, um, definitely.
2: Yeah. And like, she, she knows that she didn't want to be this guy's fiance, right? She like didn't even want to kiss him. Um, but... She thinks she hears footsteps, but now they're not really there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like her still yearning and searching for that connection as so many characters in, in Hold Steady songs are. And when they can't find that connection in people, they try and find it with substances and basketball. Replays. I heard
0: that as a hallucination, actually. I don't know if you read it like that. I think it's it means both things, but I read it as like a hallucination.
2: Yeah, I think it's that the last line is a hallucination, but also, you know, a call back to when she hears his footsteps in the first verse. Yeah. uh, And then goes up to see him. In another life of mine, I did try and make a connection also with a neighbor in my building. Um, And I recommend against it, honestly. It's not the best. Then you got to see him when you go and like leave your house you're going to get your mail mm-hmm. it's just very uncomfortable you know so i understand it was my my one for the cutter summer of being uh alone in in the towny city when everyone left before grad school started
1: up again and i don't recommend doing it um yeah. there's some really quality lyrical analysis on genius for this song uh for the entire verse that is has to do with chemical reactions stimulated synapses the snapping and the crackling the doctor gave her something to focus her attention she's got a six month supply in the cupboard in the kitchen that whole thing is highlighted and the uh the annotation is she's taking adderall a stimulant that's used to treat adhd my god where would we be without that annotation thank you oh oh and this is
0: we we said this in group text but uh, I don't think she's talking about a real doctor because six months supply of Adderall, not a thing. Yeah, you can't. You're not getting no. a six month supply of a controlled
2: substance. Nope.
0: Unless this takes place in 2008. Cause like, you know, I'm on uh, Vivance, which is not Adderall and you also literally can't abuse it. So it's just interesting to me always that it's treated like a controlled substance. Like you, they, I actually think it's really funny. They literally formulated it. So you can't abuse it. Like you can, you can slam it. You can try it, but it won't. Do anything it'll just be the same no matter what because the way that it like interacts with your chemistry is just not the same
1: i do take adderall for adhd and like i i don't know how someone with adhd could abuse it because i i don't feel anything from it
0: Mm. so i have used it some when i you know when i was younger but i think the reason that it did what it did was because was that i was already super drunk so it kind of like changed the speed a little bit yeah. also a couple of times I did. It was like, you know, I, I'd not slept. So it was probably more about that and everything else going on in my body. But yeah, I mean, similarly, I think vivance would make a regular person feel bananas. I don't think it would be very fun, but for me, it's just like, oh yeah, now I can um sit here and not uh, have 15,000 thoughts at once. It's cool. I was a pharmacy tech in 2006
2: and we were giving out six month supply or like, supplies of any of the substances that were in the locked controlled substances box. Mm-hmm. So as we had discussed in the group chat, probably not a legitimate doctor. <laughs> the verse about uh measuring the gin, getting down the glassware, muddling the mint. Um, so they love start that. dancing is a real earworm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. A lot of alliteration in this song. Now that I put it on, I can't I can't not see it everywhere. Crush it on the counter being careful. Mm -hmm. stimulated synapses yep yep sunrise into sundown yeah it's uh it's a really great track and i really enjoy when craig writes from the point of view of
1: presumed female narrator sorry going back to the lyrical analysis on genius um Uh the line it sounds like it's sinatra the annotation is Frank Sinatra is famously known as old blue eyes. Being blue eyed is a common way to describe someone being naive. That's a stretch. (laughs) Just gonna put that out there. I don't know that I've ever... How common?
0: I've never heard that before. Big stretch. No. Old blue eyes over here. Oh, you mean she's really naive? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I think Pollyanna would be like the thing I jump to. Not...
1: Yeah.
0: Or I would just say they're
1: naive. Yes, Right. (laughs) That also... (laughs) Oh, my God. Who did these annotations? Is it attributed to someone? <laughs> no. And it, uh, well, it says one contributor. Let's look. I'd like to shame them right now openly. Muzzle of the bees.
2: So a Wilco reference.
1: hmm And we know the type. <laughs> and they got another really good one. Crushed it on the counter. This is the opening of their relationship. The female character crushing pills on the counter. Thank you. Wow. 10 out of 10. This is
2: like when you haven't hit the word running in your essay and you're just trying to get to <laughs> two pages It's like what my middle schoolers would do
1: in this essay i will in this essay and also like bud nobody asked you to do this if you don't have anything to say just don't say it i think the problem is that they probably thought they had something to say that's true that's a good point
2: start a podcast then shall we move on to
1: bird watchers yes I love this song too
2: yeah I think the first text I sent you guys uh when I listened to this for the first time was bird
1: watchers box yeah <laughs> <laughs> and gotta say I agree yeah I stand by it
2: Heidi what are some bird watchers thoughts that you have
0: okay I'll admit it this one I can't call up in my head immediately because it's weird I've listened to the record a bunch of times but kind of passively so I think I'm gonna let you take this one
1: I'm also really bad with song names but again having just listened to it this morning the I know which one it is and I also was like aware of it because of that text I was like listening for it and when I came on I was like oh this fucks."
2: Bird yeah, washers. and then it, halfway through, I was like, "Wait, do I still like this?" Mm-hmm. And then it kept going, and I was like, "Okay, okay, I still like it." But it changes really like dramatically. dramatically. Yeah, there's a there's a big like tempo shift, um, and it turns into like this up tempo song. It almost reminded me of the way like "Unpleasant Breakfast" changes. Mm. Um, but it starts off like the first few notes and lyrics. It's like a very like dark, hold steady song, which is always my shit. So I'm like. Hell yeah! I'm gonna, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna love it, and then it evolves into something more than that.
1: But that being said, I still really enjoy the song. The tempo shift that they don't do it often. So the thing that I thought of immediately was Oaks, but it's kind of like the reverse where it's like yeah. slow and sad, and then it gets hopeful. But yeah, they don't they don't do like a lot of the tempo shifting. So when they do, it's like very kind of memorable and um, something that you notice. Because it kind of makes you feel
2: uneasy, right? For sure, uneasiness in this whole song. And then the kind of extended metaphor of of looking for birds. but birds aren't really what they're looking for. And then there's like the naming of different kinds of birds. And you're trying to figure out like what those birds mean. And I'm going to have to wait for Genius to tell me what the birds are. But, you know, we can assume it's drugs. But I there's a lot of different like people named in the song. And like uh there's some really good imagery. I, ju- I think it's a really... It's really interesting and unique old study track. Mm-hmm. I
0: just listened to it for a second to jog my memory, and I love the piano in this song. Mm-hmm. I think I did text you about it. Not at the point where I can call up all of the songs immediately. And that's actually, I do wish I'd asked for the lyric sheet sooner because that <laughs> helps me. That always kind of helps me. But
2: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think the next song, City of 11, is uh, an example of, of one that I have happens to me a lot with their albums around like songs six to eight I kind of those were are where my like least favorite songs usually lie um as city at 11 has recently grown on me but I think it's kind of it reminds me of um an open door policy prior procedure it has similar vibes mm. oh yeah in my opinion like thematically and musically what are your guys thoughts on city at 11
1: yeah I wouldn't have um uh, it it was bothering me because I was like There's, there's somewhere that I can like, like it it felt familiar in a way, but I couldn't place it, but I think that that's what it is. I liked it. It, it, it's not a a song that immediately like stuck out to me as a favorite, but yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. I think because, go ahead. I think it's also at a hard, um, it's in a hard spot on the album where it comes sandwiched between birdwatchers, which. Gives you a lot of emotional roller coaster vibes and things like that, but then also coming right before Perdido, which is Kaylee. Is that your favorite on the album? It's my favorite. Yeah, me too. So City at Eleven is in a just in a weird spot, and I think it kind of suffers from that.
2: It's another example, I think, where the the sequencing is is tough because it's like, where do you put? city at 11 i I think maybe next to sideways skull right like um musically it, it might vibe with that but then you also need a break from like the darker like more um i have a hard time thinking of an adjutant besides like blinky for some of for like the perdido and the bird watchers yeah. um but it, like
1: pink pan three uh um, yeah. on zoom <laughs> right now i'm so doing free. a lot of i, I like you're the, you know. you're doing a, a real like craig dance Yes.
0: No Craig impressions, but a Craig dance. Yeah. (laughs) What song? What city are we talking about? Because like City at 11 implies that like it's close to kind of like closing
1: time. What do we think? I thought I was trying like I'm not a basketball girl, um, despite having worked at a a NCAA basketball arena for several years. (laughs) But like just with all of the other basketball references, on this record, I was trying to think of if there was a team or something that referenced 11 or like a team with like 11 championships. But like, I have no idea. It's not hmm. a basketball girly.
2: Nothing that immediately is coming to mind for me. I would say that if I'm a, a girly of any sport, it is basketball, though not NBA. Yeah, I I do also wish that we had a lyrics sheet for this.
0: Well, I, the reason I, I asked is because I remember like every time, I haven't been to London in a while, but I remember like every time I've been in London, it's like midnight and everything closes and everyone's like, like all the Brits are like, okay, time to go home. And the rest of the Americans are like, what? Like,
2: huh? Well, they start drinking at like 9 a.m. Yeah, so that's true. London, right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, the show's
0: at seven, which please, right. America, please yeah, you
2: get can on, do that. Get on
0: board. Jesus.
2: I know, I know. I know where.
0: It's hesitant
2: to do anything after the whole like revolutionary warship but we probably can let that go and take on some british things besides you know they took turfism from us yeah maybe now we
1: we can take take back the curfew we can take back the early show yeah Yeah. I'd, i'd
0: love that it's it's but i just you know i live in a city where where the bars close at four so it's always and i'm not even a person you know i don't drink anymore but like i'm hanging out after a show it's 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 a very disorienting feeling to be told the night is over time to go home and you're like it's mid it's midnight where do we go I don't know
2: you can come to Boston last calls at like one
0: I know yeah we've kept
2: it from I guess Boston is still pretty British and it's I mean Paul Revere's everywhere
1: that guy but (laughs) you know (laughs) I'm trying to remember if I lived in Ohio for a little while and I moved there after living in michigan my whole life and michigan last call is like 150 and they stopped selling at two so when i moved to ohio i remember it being significantly earlier but i don't feel like it was like 11 new york has been kind of revisiting the 4am thing
0: a little bit and sorry to bring up a sore subject but vaselka used to be 24 hours um and it's not anymore and it's been a combination of things it's been like you know less people were going out for a while but it's also like Lots of places are having problems staffing up uh, and people are just like, yeah, we don't really want to be up right now. Like it's just been an interesting thing that's kind of hung on since the pandemic, uh, except for the palace, the bar right near me. People happily stay there till four and beyond most nights. So I don't know. It's just interesting.
1: Well, in Hawaii, it's the middle of the day, as the song says. And also, I liked the optimism of in Hawaii, it's the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere. In Hawaii, ex- it's ex- in the middle of the day, exactly. <laughs> that is 2023's It's Five
0: O'clock Somewhere. I was we'll
1: just, just gonna say. say, this is Tom's new Friday Friday song. Our friend Tom <laughs> posts the music video for her, it's five o'clock somewhere every Friday. And this is you, like, uh, you also have your own Friday song that you post. I literally. Many day, many weeks, don't know what day of the week it is until somebody likes my Friday tweet, and like, oh, it's Friday! It's great news. God bless Rebecca Black. Yeah, truly, a, a bisexual icon. An
2: icon.
0: Dude, I am such a supporter. I, I am like here for her. Her I am... new music is seriously so good. I keep reading such mean shit about it. And I'm like, I, know. I didn't listen. And I've listened to not her most recent, but some of the stuff I've listened to that she did in recent years is pretty good. And she herself is a pretty fun person to follow on social media. Yeah. She's great. She
1: has a, great, she has a very good outlook and uh, response to people who are shitty to her. So
0: yeah, maybe sometime we can do a bonus episode on what the hell happened with her because her entire backstory is fascinating. It really is. Um. So Track eight, my favorite on the
2: record. I don't know about you guys. It's, it's up there. Favorite. Yeah. As soon as I heard it, I was like that, that slap the card down on the table thing that people do on on TikTok. I was just immediately like, take my money. It has everything I want
1: in a hold steady. Yeah, so- I can't wait to see this one live. It has that, that slinkiness to it. I feel like there's a lot of uh, jazz influence on this record, like in the bottom layers of the music and this one like i think is where it's most notable it's my spices
0: of this record mm-hmm. um the one where i kind of sat yeah. up and went oh boy okay all right you, you have my i mean you had my attention for a while but like
1: oh damn i feel you like know? this should have been the opener in a way it would be a different very different vibe yeah. in the album okay. i really love um
2: mm-hmm. The music obviously because i love when they do something a little bit different that's not just like the big bombastic like rock sound right um when they when they do something a bit more subtle you know like parade days as the the bonus track on on open door policy right i love parade days but also the lyrics in this song there are so many good lines um that i feel like i'm firmly in right now my era of like don't even talk to me until i've listened to perdido 6 or 7 times
0: on my drive I'm going to make you a mug that just says that, that i actually <laughs> might i bet i could
2: don't even talk to me until i've listened to perdido by the whole steady 6 times
0: we've made some um, uh, pretty ridiculous mugs uh so i'm here to tell you it's possible i was just going to say i feel like if we offered as our first piece of merch please don't, don't <laughs> talk to me until uh if anyone wants that, you let us know because I'm I'm thinking about it.
2: Let us know in the comments. Yeah, or
0: tweet or Instagram, whatever. But like I like, it, share, it, subscribe. It, it's easily done. Just saying.
2: So one of the lines that stands out to me the most is staggered by this newest piece of truth from her. Uh the first time I heard that, I was like, whoa, tea dream vibes. Like I I really just love the whole. I love the way that line sounds, but I also love the meaning behind
1: it. Yeah. I love that meaning too. And I, I wonder how much of, I wonder this, not just with this record, but like open door policy and uh, thrashing too. And I always wonder how, how, or if Craig takes like unsuccessful lyrics from past writing sessions or past albums and Mm. brings them forward because I did get the same kind of teeth dreamy mood from, mm-hmm. from this one, yeah, it's the bottom of
2: the pan. It's the uh, stench of burning rubber and the mediocre man. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, yes. It's just uh, I really, I could a uh, uh, lot effusive praise over this song for the rest of our our recording time together. Um, mm-hmm. And Lord knows my husband heard enough for me <laughs> since um, <laughs> we got our copy of the album but yeah, I just, I really love it. It's, it's immediately shot up to my, my top favorite Hold songs. So. Yeah.
0: It's, I don't know. It, some This song to me, it just says someone being like, still got it.
1: Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. Which I appreciate as an aging emo.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's we all- one of those songs where I'm like, <laughs> if you're not listening to their new records, you're really fucking up. Like, I just, I just think you're yep. super missing out. And I think this is a very good example of that.
1: Yeah. It's fun to age with your favorite band. <laughs> it's true. It's fun to get older. It's it actually yeah, kind it of is. It's, it's a privilege, yeah. you know,
2: um, as I'm always reminded of having lost, uh, you know, a family member in the last couple of years at a, at a pretty young age, it's, it's a privilege to get, to
1: yeah. get older. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I am not a huge fan of the grays that have been coming Dude. in some day. I stopped dyeing my hair for the first couple, first few months of my pregnancy um, out of an abundance of caution and uh, there's
0: a lot of gray there, it turns out. Dude, like my new bathroom, my new apartment, the lighting in my bathroom, like is really unforgiving when it comes to the grays and like, you know. Fans, uh, that's a ridiculous thing to say. People who follow me on Instagram, fans. um, You're subscribers. Fans of my bathroom selfie. And I did... (laughs) Will notice that I have a lot of fucking gray hair. I'm just
2: showing mine in the Zoom camera. If Um, it helps, I don't see it.
0: Oh, I recently turned off the touch-up appearance setting on Zoom. So... I need a Nobel Prize. A Nobel yes. prize
2: for advancement in Zoom. I need. I need people to
0: know that I'm. I'm real, like JLo. Lo. God, I love that. You are song. the
2: Malala of turning off
0: <laughs> Zoom, touch up appearance. I will accept donations and accolades. Um,
1: now I just. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm. Uh, I know we're talking about Malala, but I'm stuck on I'm real because uh the mere mention of it sends me down a rabbit hole i really want the whole study to cover it oh my god but which version the the original or the remix the starting line version oh Uh, there's a cover i didn't know that oh yeah there's a cover by the starting line it's one of my my favorite bands of all time but it's from uh punk goes pop volume two i think Uh, oh my god highly recommend I'm gonna have to listen to that. My friend, one of my good friends uh, from high school
2: and I, um, and we went to college for a little bit together. We have an ongoing joke where we have recorded versions of that music video with the two of us, and we'll like put on our <laughs> winter coats and like the fur. Um, and so we just have a long, long running joke about about that song. Well, on that <laughs> note, uh, we talk about the arguably the saddest song on oh the album. Yeah distortions of faith yeah
1: what are our thoughts about this song the notes that i have for this one is that i like the uh i like the Memphisy guitar mm, i um, wonder who that is who's that
2: yeah i don't think there's anyone from me they N's, have that clearly really good memphis
0: uh you know influence from somewhere they've
1: picked it up yeah. on the road um and yeah you say that it's probably like the saddest song in the album and i agree but it's also like a hopeful sadness like it it's more yeah. like calm and like i don't know assured in a way it's the meds that she's taking on the plane yeah. kicking mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. do you think she got them from a doctor i can't i can't wait for the genius annotation for that one I, i don't think the guy handing it to her on the platter as the plane took
2: off was a doctor <laughs>
0: I think if I had more time in my life, I would just spend time going through hold study lyrics and making and just making troll annotations. I would just troll all of the annotations because like the Adderall, that feels like I know it's not, but it feels like a troll. Yeah, it really does.
2: Maybe that's how I'll spend my material. Yes, please. When I'm up up late with the baby.
0: (laughs) If I send them to you, can you just do it? (laughs) Well, I'll check in after like
2: one month of motherhood to tell you how it's going. And then <laughs> like, just I, just I d- actually <laughs> don't have time to
0: do this weird thing that you wanted.
2: To- it, it turns out babies are hard. <laughs> Sorry, Heidi. <laughs> so it took me a few listens to fully hear the story that's being told on this song. But if I'm hearing it correctly right it's a story about the band has played a show and there was like was there like a trample incident and people died am i hearing it correctly the
1: lyrics what are your guys thoughts i was thinking there the- was some sort of like problem
2: yeah and i get the feeling that people died and then they're leaving
1: yeah that scene. yeah which yeah. I, I think kind of goes with what i was saying that it's like calm it's like like stoic because obviously leaving something like that but also like the assuredness I feel like could be like them just like making peace with the shitty thing happened. We need to like move on.
0: Yeah. Cause there's a, yeah. There's a few bands that have that in their history, like, and it's just such a sad, weird thing. What's the one that happened? Well, cause there was a shooting, um, oh god i'm not going to remember this correctly in france oh the bombing i think that's it yes it's i love how
2: we... at the um e- uh death eagles of death Battle oh yeah I one.
0: yeah i mean fuck them fuck that guy but also like there was one there was a pop star and i'm not remembering who it ariana was right grande now. in
1: london There but we the ariana goes, grande. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because that could happen to anybody that could happen to any band. And then all of a sudden you're, you're associated with this tragedy and then you know, you can't be like mad about it. Cause like, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not about you, but it is about you. Mm-hmm. And,
2: it just happened to what, to like Tyga, right. Uh, one of his shows. Uh, didn't well, I someone, think
1: when people died, are after you talk, thinking of the, the, the Austin rap festival thing. I think it was Travis Scott I am and
0: that was Travis
1: Scott oh, Tra- I knew it was connected
2: to
0: a Kardashian yeah. in some way and I couldn't remember how
1: <laughs> that one Travis that one was Scott. really bad like that was like a major like yeah that one was I mean he kept performing even though he like stopped yeah. yeah
0: that one feels like he yeah. could
1: have done more yeah
0: but it's yeah. just like now you have this thing um that follows you around all the time and you know you can either make peace with it or not yeah. it And
2: in like so many, in so many ways, whole Steady songs are about that trauma that follows the characters around and if they're going to make peace with trauma or if they are going to let it continue to form who they are in, in the worst way as possible. Right. For being such a dark song, I think the music is, is interesting juxtaposition in this song with like the the choir like of angels sounds in Mm. the background and it's very it's almost like a lullaby like it's very soothing to listen to and that soothingness i don't know that that's a word but it's jarring um and that's why it took me a few listens to
1: hear what the song was was saying i I think think. it's an interesting way to tell that story too with that that kind of musical background because you're not immediately assuming great tragedy (laughs) right and it's interesting to have but sound like
2: vaguely religious when the song is called "Distortions of Faith." I'm not going to
0: lie; I am designing a mug right now. Oh, I also already <laughs> uh, have Printful open and ready. Wait, really? Yeah, <laughs> I love ADHD man; it's great. Um, I have Canva open. As the one
2: person on this podcast who is not <laughs> neurodivergent, I what have is that been like? Fully dedicated. Yeah, what's <laughs> that like? <laughs> Um, I have significant
0: anxiety, so I don't know if I could fully. (laughs) Yeah. Um. It looks pretty good. Don't talk to me until I've listened to Perdido by Seminole American Rock Band, the whole study. (laughs) Very good. That's what it says. That's perfect. Um,
2: Should we. (laughs) Sorry. Talk about the last closing track?
1: Yeah. Fly over half 10. I like this song a lot i like it as a closer and i think that it it fits in with a lot of the other like there is kind of like a story through this album right like the sorry again really bad with song names. understudies where they're talking about like performance and then coming out of distortions of faith where they've had the concert and then fly over halftime like if you if you want to take those two songs together fly over halftime could be like we're going back out there we're, we're gonna like you know this is them kind of reclaiming performing outside of the um outside of the tragedy that has occurred but i I really like the analogies in this song too and i i like you know coming from working in the music industry and specifically ticketing for most of my career a lot of the turns of phrases on here i were just like very, very pleasing earworms to me.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. It's, it's another example of a song that I think there it does a lot of different things musically, and it kind of feels like it's a couple different songs put together, not in a bad way. It's an interesting album closer. I think that, I don't know. I don't know that album closers are always their strong suit um, as a band. I think that more often than not, the songs that they choose as closers, I'm like,
1: yeah, really. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. This one, um, and that is sort of how I felt the first time I heard this song as well. Like I was like, "You have distortions, yeah. paper right there, yeah." <laughs> um, I agree. But the more, the more that I heard it, the more I understood. Like, obviously, they're the experts. I'm not. I'm, I'm just some lady with a podcast. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I understood it and uh, more in the sequence of the song and and operating as a closer. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: always. I was thinking about the, the fact that we like refer to certain states as flyover country and how fucking rude that is. Um, Right? Like, we just do that. That's not nice. Um, Poor Oklahoma.
1: But um, honestly, sorry. like, I've been to Oklahoma yes. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've spent some time in Kansas and yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. The
0: Kansas City Airport is the worst airport I've ever been to. Oh like, my God. By it's like a, a mile. It's like a strip. Like yeah, and you and you have to go, you can't leave the, Yeah. like you you have you you can't leave. You are stuck in like a cement box. I was stuck there for hours once, like during a, I a can't imagine. flight. Well, oh, it was bad. It's um, the weirdest
1: airport I've ever been terrible. to. So don't fly there, fly over it. Yeah, it, it's like also make like it your job Exactly.
0: Like we got LaGuardia here. I've you know, we've got a lot of bad airports, but
2: yeah logan's not nothing really to write
0: home about unless you're writing home about how much it sucks Ooh. so um <laughs> yeah wow i mean thank you the whole study you did it again i Applause. mean
2: the hits just keep coming <laughs> you go guys i'm really
0: looking forward to seeing how these no. songs develop as because like there's like for me even a person that sees them not as much as i used to there's like what the sound turns into, what, song, what how the song is recorded and then what it turns into after it's been played live a bunch. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and also how the how the audience responds to it. Because, I mean, I always loved Unpleasant Breakfast, but I don't think that any of us knew that it was going to become the fan favorite and like breakout of, of songs on Open Door Policy performed yeah, live. I've,
1: I think that... <laughs> woo, um, I think that Carlos is probably going to be the, that song from this album I that was my thought too
0: yeah I would agree
1: and rightfully so because I can't wait that's, to to sing all that
0: that's going to be fun to yell I wonder yeah. if the whole band will yell it too that would be cute would be cute that would be fun because it depends on their mood <laughs> Dylan's like absolutely not <laughs> Bobby's like where <laughs> am I uh happy birthday bobby yeah uh, happy belated. belated
2: now yeah happy belated birthday bobby
0: i know you're <laughs> 100% listening 100 absolutely listening <laughs> number one fan of our podcast bobby Tree. yeah he's always we actually making this mug for him
2: guys another great
0: episode it's me bobby <laughs> he just slides into our dms to let us uh-huh. know sorry bobby imagine if he did actually listen to this episode and then was like hey
2: Boy, what are
1: things uh,
0: I be
2: uh, <laughs> It's come to that time in the show. You already you know, know what we're going to say. You already know what we're going to say. There is so much joy in what we do on this podcast. And we want to take a minute to share some of that joy with you. Desi or Heidi, would one of you like to start us off and what is bringing you so much joy
1: right now? I can go ahead. I don't think that I talk about this very much on the public or on the podcast, much less like publicly in general, but I have a stepson and uh, we've just been having a really good couple of months with him and he's in a really fun state of development right now where he wants to be more independent and help us out more with things. So this week, my so much joy is my stepson, Oliver. Oh, Oliver. I hope you play him
2: best. I You oh. say that sweet
0: Heidi what's your so much joy about that this morning I think it's like I had such a tough week and and weekends are so like I'm a workaholic so the fact that I actually don't work on weekends most of the time is wild I'm not sure what happened what tripwire in my brain allows that to happen but I think my so much joy is that it is starting to feel like spring which is a very you know that's that's an easy one right but like New York City, you know, it's it, the way the city feels completely changes depending on the season. And New York City in the spring is the fucking best. It's the best. It's not disgusting yet. People are going out and doing stuff again. Like my friend just joined a softball league. So I'm going to be going to see my friend play softball. There's like a queer softball league in Manhattan. So I was like, guess what, Nina? Guess what we're doing? Um, coming to see you play softball but it just feels like things open up and it, and it makes me grateful for winter because like we didn't have that. We wouldn't have this beautiful transition period. And I just love New York in the spring. That's what I'm feeling joyful about.
2: That's beautiful. That connects pretty well to my so much joy, which is that I'll be uh, experiencing from New York in the spring next weekend for people who don't know I'm friend of the pod and, uh, one of my really good friends, um Emily, is also pregnant and do um we are doing the same very same it's day, wild it's just been such a trip, honestly. Um and so pregnancy is so isolating and to have someone that you can be like, this is what's happening for me. What's happening for you? And you know, every pregnancy is different, but it's still like really, really validating to have to have someone to swap uh, those things with and just to share that joy with. So Emily and I are uh, both coming to the city to have a little world most casual joint baby shower to see our New York friends and hang out and spend some time. Desi, we wish that you were in Chicago, but Heidi, we're excited to see you. I
0: am so excited because I have to go to a wedding right after and I might just wear a really insane dress.
1: I think you should. I think you yeah. should get something from Absolutely. like run the Runway and just like, Oh, I, go ball I can show wall. you
0: afterwards. I'll show you the <laughs> screenshot of what I ordered. One of them is bonkers. And I even got like the little like, uh, adhesive bra thing. So I could wear it. We'll see. Fantastic. Mm-hmm.
2: Perfect. I don't know what I'm going to wear yet, but <laughs> I think that'll be, be dependent on how springy the weather. Decides. I hope it's like this next Maybe weekend. It's I put- perfect. I think, uh, no, I just said it's going to be like 67, but I think kind of rainy. Hmm. So we'll see. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, but that being said, um, Price of Progress out March on March
0: 31st, I believe.
2: March 31st, next Friday. We're, this is a Sunday that we're recording this. It's a fantastic album. If you haven't already ordered the vinyl, please, you should do so. And we're really looking forward to seeing everyone at the shows coming up over the next course of the year. You also may have seen uh, the official announcement from the band about uh, the Hold Study Oh yeah, we haven't talked Um, about
1: that. I forgot, I just remembered. We haven't. (laughs) I think now we're allowed to talk about it. And it also Um, seems like it's been, like we found out about it over a year ago, like a year and a half ago. So Mm -hmm. turns out it takes a long time to make a
2: book. All three of us are really excited to have pieces featured in the books talking about our experience as Hold Study fans um in in varying ways along with some of our favorite writers and fellow fans
0: it's called the gospel of the Hold study right that's the official title how a resurrection really feels
2: i think i want to say and
0: it's a like a 20th anniversary celebration and there's a special photo book which hopefully we're getting copies of because we're like in the book too so i don't know it, it really was an honor to be asked to do that. And I like almost didn't want to tweet about it or whatever. Cause I don't want to be like, you can me in the book, but like, I haven't written anything in a really long time. So it felt cool to be in something.
2: Yeah, it's cool. I've seen a couple other people that were friends of posting about, um, having pieces that they wrote in the book as well. And I think it'll be really awesome to, to see everyone's takes in there. Yeah. Certainly nothing I ever thought that I've would that I'd do for the band. Yeah. So. Yeah. Same. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited to see it, and I, I feel like I'm gonna feel all the feelings reading it.
2: July 25th, right? Yeah, something like that. I and still want to say. And far away.
1: Yeah, pre-order yeah. it now.
2: And yeah, pre-order it now. Um, I will read it while uh holding a I anymore. cannot wait to
1: see the baby.
2: Uh, um, but thank you. As always, for listening and thanks for
0: understanding. And as always, Kay. as always, we are all. We are, are we all. We are all. all. We fucking love you. Love you. Fucking love I you. Fucking love you. This part this is always my favorite. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.